Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, good morning. Welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here at Frisco East. Before we dive in, that that last song we sang, You Are Always Good, you know, I don't know, maybe you're watching online at our online campus and you're sitting in your bedroom or your living room or maybe you're at the Prosper McKinney or Frisco West Campus or here and you walked into the building, whatever, wherever you are, with heavy hearts. Just, just you know, the, the weight of the, of the world, the, your marriage, your relationships, the troubles, the challenges, and it's hard sometimes to sing that song, you are always good when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But I just want to remind you in Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and carry heavy burdens and and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, trade me what you're experiencing. Trade me the burden and the, and the challenge and, and let me take that and, and you rest in my peace and in my love, and in my joy, and and I just want to encourage you today, no matter what it is that's in your head, or in your heart, that's weighing you down, let him be good. Let him be good in and to you, because he's here for you, and he's not mad at you. Even when you walk through challenges, or even questions, he loves you, and he invites you into his family. And speaking of that, we're Uh, here at our church, our family, today is the last day for pastor appreciation. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done that, it it, it doesn't take much, but I'd love for you to join Melissa and I in blessing our pastoral staff. October is pastor appreciation month in our country, and we'd love to to be a part, I'd love for you to be a part of that. Um, Also, in this series, Traditions, if you're just now joining us for whatever reason, we've been in a series called Traditions, where we're visiting some of the meaningful and powerful traditions of the church. And what I'd like for you to do is, is go to our app, the Hope Fellowship app. You can just go to wherever you get your apps and download the Hope Fellowship app. You'll need to do that in order to get to heaven. So make sure, make sure, you know, I'm kind of kidding. Um, and there is a survey on our app. So when you download it, there's a survey about this series, and we're just saying, hey, what meant something to you? What, what did you learn and, and take away from that, right? So that's Hope Fellowship uh, app, and then the survey. It's only four questions, I think, so it'll take you two minutes, not even that. Um, we'd love to, to have you do that. Now, traditions over the last four weeks, this is the last week, we've talked about the Apostles' Creed. We've talked about communion. We've talked about penance and repentance. Last week, I talked about prayer. Today, we're going to talk about baptism. Now, uh, many of you perhaps uh, are like, oh, yeah, 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 baptism. I know about that. Well, maybe you do, and, and maybe you don't. Of all the things that we do here at Hope, and you know I love the next generation, what we do in kids' ministry and student ministry and, and uh, SCU at Hope and our residency program and young adults, I mean, I am passionate about the next generation and passing our, our, our love and our faith to the Lord, to them. But b- even before that, my favorite thing is watching somebody get baptized. Here at Hope, our tradition is the first Sunday of every month during our worship uh, songs, um, somebody or many people are baptized across all of our campuses. 
and it's a joy. I mean, I've seen so many videos of over the years of people being baptized, uh, parents baptizing their kids, and, and people that come to faith later in life being baptized. I mean, it's just a powerful, powerful symbol and, and celebration. So today, what I, what I want to do, I'm going to be a little shorter than usual, but I, I want to just give you some basic information on, on three different things. The first one is two reasons for baptism. In other words, why should we get baptized? The second is two implications of baptism. What does it mean? And then three, three modes of baptism. So let's start with two reasons for baptism. All right, the first one is that Jesus modeled baptism. He modeled this for us. Matthew chapter 3 talks about in, in the, the baptism of, of, of Jesus is familiar to a lot of us, John the Baptist. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, and we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. <clears throat> Incidentally, this is a great place of the, the Trinity where God the Father is speaking God the Son is there getting baptized, and God the Holy Spirit is descending and settling on Jesus for the work of the ministry. Jesus, in his modeling of this, doesn't do anything or ask us to do anything that he's not willing to do. <clears throat> he doesn't ask us to sacrifice when he doesn't sacrifice. He's not asking us to serve when he doesn't serve. He's not asking us to give when we don't give, he's, or, 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 when we have to give, he is not asking us to pray when he doesn't pray. He models everything that he's asked us to do. He models for us and he leads the way. So he did this as an example, not because he had to. He didn't need to repent. He didn't need to ask for forgiveness. He didn't need a washing of of renewal or of purification for his sin. He led the way, and incidentally, there's a transition happening here at this baptism. John the Baptist, who is the forerunner of Jesus, is preaching, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Now, there was a system of repentance or sacrifice in the Old Testament. There was, hey, you sin, and a temporary forgiveness will come, will come for a year when you sacrifice uh, some kind of animal, a goat or a lamb or a dove or whatever, depending on the level of your sin, and then you would be forgiven for a year, and you, then you would do it again, and then you would do it again, and every year. And there was a sacrifice for our sin. Well, the transition is happening as John the Baptist says, repent and be baptized, and in hundreds of years later, after the law, the Old Testament prophets, specifically Isaiah and others, would actually pin these words that God is not looking for your sacrifice. He's not looking for your form or mode of worship. He's looking for your heart. 
He's looking for a relationship, and there's this, there's this new thing that's beginning to start as the Old Testament is winding down, and then John the Baptist, the transition between the old and Jesus, is starting this new kingdom type of teaching. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So when Jesus models this baptism, it's not just for, um, for the fun of it. There is something happening in the spiritual realm that is transitioning from the old to the new, from the law to the, to the kingdom of grace. And so Jesus, not needing to be baptized because of repentance or sin, but leading the way to lead and start that transition of law to grace. The second reason is Jesus instructs us to be baptized. Matthew 28, 19, he says to his disciples and in virtue to us, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands, see, all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So there is this instruction of Jesus to go and make disciples. In other words, spread the new kingdom that the good news of the kingdom is that it's not about you and your performance anymore. It's about me and what I've done so that you can be forgiven. And then as a symbol of that, baptism helps us understand this new, this new relationship. So he not only models baptism for us, he instructs us to be baptized. So when we're baptized, it's an act of obedience. It's a public confession of faith. We're telling the world, we're telling our family, we're telling our friends that I now am a believer in Christ. Many times we use this expression, it is an outward expression of an inward reality. And the inward reality is that Jesus has made a place, we've accepted his invitation to eternal life, to abundant life, we've accepted and believed that he died on the cross and rose from the grave so that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. And so it is an outward expression of an inward reality. It's an act of obedience. Jesus says, and this should be all the, the, the this, should, this should be all that we need. There's no uh, explanation other than this that Jesus told us, be baptized. And I'm going to answer in just a minute, because some of us right now, maybe you're thinking, well, I have this question, or I have that question. I'm going to try to answer some of those questions at the end. But the, the reasons for baptism is Jesus models this for us. He is showing us and starting a new way of living, a new kingdom and then he instructs us to be baptized. Now, the implications tag along with the reasons, and that is number one, baptism identifies us with Jesus. So the implication is that we are now identifying ourselves with Jesus. Romans chapter 6, as Paul is talking about grace, he's, uh, there, was this, there was this misunderstanding, uh, it looks like, of the, the Christians in Rome thinking that, well, because there's grace, well, we should just sin more because it expresses God's wonderful grace even more. And it's like, uh, I think you've got that a little backwards, right? Because we don't sin because there's grace. Listen to this. There's grace because we sin. So it doesn't give us a license. In fact, here's what he says in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? 
Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, so there is this joining, there is this identification, we are joined with him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. So the symbol of baptism, when we go down in that water, it's the old man going down and the new man coming up. We are identified with Jesus' death and burial. We're dying to our sin the way that he died for our sin. And we're being raised out of that water to new life like Jesus was raised to new life in resurrection. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 says it like this. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism. See, we're united, we're identified with, by putting on Christ like putting on new clothes. Colossians 2, 11 and 12 says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not physically. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of the sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So there's this identification thing going on. Now we here in this area, most of us, a lot of us love the Dallas Cowboys. I know some of you don't, and we're still praying for you, but a lot of us, you know, we identify with the, with the Dallas Cowboys, and so we wear jerseys. Whatever your favorite team, uh, the player on the team, we may the Staubach or, or maybe it's Aikman or maybe it's Prescott or Romo or whoever, and we wear, or whatever the, the, whoever the, the, the uh, athlete is, and we wear and identify ourselves proudly. Some of you even wear Steeler jerseys <laughs> or Philadelphia Eagle jerseys, the worst. <laughs> and I'm not taking that back at all. <clears throat> Some of us wear brands of clothes identifying ourselves with Harley Davidson or Indian motorcycles or, um, you know, whatever. I don't know what, I don't know what you ladies wear. I, I don't have no idea, but, you know, whatever brand, Gucci or, or Louis Vuitton, or, we identify. There is a, a, a unique identification when you have that purse in your hand or when you wear those clothes or wear those shoes, you're identifying with that brand or we're identifying with that team. Some of us have hope stickers on our car identifying ourselves with hope or whatever church that you may go to that has your, your logo or has the name on it. Baptism is wearing the jersey. Baptism is identifying ourselves with Jesus. Like, hey, I am identifying my, proudly identifying, publicly identifying. See, we have no problem wearing our jerseys for Texas Tech or, or UT or OU or whoever. We have no problem with that. So baptism is simply identification. I am with Jesus. And it tells the world, it tells your friends, it's a great tool to start a spiritual conversation when you get baptized, to invite friends, family members, neighbors, coworkers, and just invite, hey, I'm getting baptized this way. Oh, really? What does that mean? Well, you start the spiritual conversation. And after I teach this, maybe you'll have a little bit more information in your head to go, okay, yeah, I can explain this. Well, there's two reasons. Jesus modeled it, and he instructs us to be baptized. Now, the implications of this, the reason why we do it, or the implications of the reasons, is because we identify with Jesus like wearing a jersey or wearing a sticker or wearing whatever. Well, the second implication is not only that we identify with Jesus, but baptism identifies us with the body of Christ. Well, we're now a part of a family. Weird as we may be, sometimes, uncle so-and-so, who, you know, in your family, 
sometimes reunion, it's like, whoo, man, there's Uncle Joe, or whoever, or maybe you're Uncle Joe and you don't even know it. <laughs> but it's identifying, you know, we have a family as weird or wacky sometimes as we are, but there is this spiritual thing going on. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12 when he talks about the body. He says it this way in verse 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So we are now not only identified with Jesus, but we're identified with, with each other. We're, we're a part of a, a new family. When, when uh, my two of my daughters, I have three and a son, but when two of my daughters got married, uh, they got married to our, our son-in-laws, Mason and Elijah. And I know some of you have terrible son-in-laws or whatever, look straight ahead, but, but we... <laughs> have awesome son-in-laws. And when I, I, I was able to marry both of them, and it was a joy bringing them into the family, right? It was, I mean, it was like, yes, there was nothing, no part of me was like, oh my gosh, oh man, here we go. Not at all. I mean, it was like, oh man, I love these guys. Man, welcome. Welcome to the family. So that's what it is in baptism. When we ask you, when you see somebody at the front, whatever campus or, or however it is, and we say during a worship song, because our tradition here, is my mic doing funny things? Sorry, man, I keep hearing some weird thing. But when we ask you during the worship songs that are going on, and, and you see people get baptized, and then, and then you, we say, hey, cheer and clap and, and whistle or whatever, that's not just emotionalism. That's not just, uh, uh, you know, hype. We're welcoming people into the family. We're saying, yeah, welcome. We are excited to have you. Now, watch out for Uncle Weird, Weird over here, but that's a part of it. We're identifying with Jesus, and we're identifying with the body of Christ, a new family. Now, let's talk about three modes of baptism, because some of you were raised in different traditions than I was, or maybe in a different tradition here at Hope. Let's talk about three of the main modes of baptism, the first one being aspersion, which is the sprinkling water over someone's head. So you, you take some water and you just sprinkle it over their head or some kind of uh, container and you just sprinkle it over their head and that is a mode of baptism. The symbolism is the same as what I just described in the implications. Old man going down, old man coming up, just, it's just a little bit different in the sense of how that is pictured. Sprinkling water over the head or two, um, effusion, which is pouring water over someone's head. So more, it's, it's more like taking water, like a cup, like you cup it, and then you just pour it over somebody's head, and it just kind of drips down. Many of you were raised in those traditions where you sprinkled or you uh, poured water over someone's head at baptism. And then there's the third mode, which is immersion, submerging someone into water. And in, and in the churches that are in this tradition, the, the thought of it is that depending on the level of your sin depends on how long you were held under that <laughs> water. You know I'm kidding. But it's a, it's a full-on under the water and out. Now, which one is the right way? Before I answer that, let me tell you a story. 
we, uh, in our first year of Hope Fellowship, in the first actually five years of Hope Fellowship, July 4th weekend, we did a big picnic at the park. We didn't have a building, and so our baptisms sometimes were in a pool, uh, or July 4th was the big one. I mean, sometimes we'd have dozens of people get baptized. In this particular one, I think it was our second year of baptism, we got together at Shawnee Trail Park, I don't know, 300 people, and we had 20 or 30 being baptized that day. And, and so I was telling, uh, I was at a network gathering of pastors, and there were about 20 or 30 guys there, pastors, and, and uh, one of the leaders of the network was uh, we were talking, and I told him about the baptism we just had at the park, and, and it was just cool seeing, seeing uh, the people get baptized. And he was like, oh, man, that's a great story. So when the meeting got going, he was talking, and he says, hey, John, I want you to stand and, and give a great report of what happened last week at the baptism at the park. And you know, you know sometimes uh, I try to be funny, and I'm not. I mean, some of you know that, right? And it's very awkward. Well, this was one of those times in which I thought, you know what, I'm going to be funny. I'm going to say something funny. I think this will be great. Wow. So I said, hey, I explained to him what, what happens at our church. We, we don't have a, a, a meeting place or a building. So, so we gather at the park, and, you know, we have food and celebration. The kids have games, and we play softball or football or, or whatever. And um, we didn't have a we don't have a baptismal tank or anything like that. So because of that, what I did was I just, all the people who wanted to be baptized, we just lined them up on the stage, the portable stage that we had. And then I got the water hose and I just sprayed them down, you know, from that water hose and just went, you know, down through the line. Now you're a little bit more generous. You la you're laughing right now. You're like, ah, that's funny. Well, nobody laughed. All these guys were sitting there like, you, you, you can't do that, brother. I could just hear, brother, brother McKenzie, you, you can't do that. It's not the way we do it. All right. But nobody said that. But, but, but then, as, as it was so awkward, just imagine, imagine if you're on stage and you say, try to say something funny, it doesn't go over, and you're just like, how that, you know, you feel like awkward. Now, in that meeting, I didn't care. But, but I just said, oh, I'm just kidding. We baptized him in a kiddie pool, and it was awesome. And then everybody starts laughing. Now, the reason I tell you that story is because some of us get tied to a mode, and man, we just think we're right. Let me ask you a question. Does baptism save you? No. So baptism, I want you to hear me. And I know some of you Southern Baptists are getting a little nervous right now. You know what I'm saying? Because, hey, we're Baptists in the name, and so that's why we, whoom, and, and you know what? Here, our tradition here at Hope is, is that we baptize by immersion. It better, in, in my opinion, it better takes, it better kind of follows the picture that we see in the New Testament, the Gospels and Acts, of what baptism is. Jesus, it says Jesus came up out of the water. So, baptizo is simply means that kind of pouring, covering, like, like really covering, immersing someone in a baptism. So, so, that's our tradition. But can I just tell you, it doesn't matter. In the scheme of eternity, it doesn't matter. Don't get hung up on a mode. 
the, a few years ago when our old, uh, when we just had one campus, we had a, uh, our old um, 09 or, or, or 10, we had baptisms and we did them after service, between services out in the lobby and everybody would gather around and we would watch and there was an older man that was getting ready to die and he was in a wheelchair, but he specifically came to the service because he knew it was baptism weekend and he, and he wanted to be baptized. But they were like, John, he can't get in the water. I mean, he just can't. There's just no way for him to get in the water. So what would you do? What would you do? And so during that time, we changed mics. And, and we were able to proceed with the, the baptism. No, he, he, so I said, now listen, now my tradition, I had never done anything but immersion. So my tradition was there's a little bit tied to that only because that's what I was used to. And I know some of you are like, man, that's the way it should be done. Well, yeah, maybe, but does it really matter? Because it's what's going on. It's, it's, an inward, it's an outward expression of an inward reality. So whether you're sprinkled, dunked, or poured over, it is aligning ourselves, identifying ourselves with Jesus and with his body and we're going down. It's a public confession going down. We're buried. Our sin is buried with Jesus like he was buried in the tomb and raised to new life like he was raised to life. That's what baptism is. Don't get hung up on a mode. Just understand what baptism really is and, and, and what it means to us. And so in that particular instance, I said, no, wheel him up here. And I got my hands and I poured that water over him. Do you think that was okay? Of course it was. It doesn't matter. I'm doing it the way that we do it because that's our thought of Scripture that it best represents. But, man, don't get hung up on that mode. Another question I get a lot of times is, hey, I was baptized when I was an infant. Maybe you, have, you followed a tradition where they baptized infants. Now, I'm not, I don't think that's evil. I just think that we wait until the person being baptized makes the decision to follow Jesus. We believe that's just scriptural and it just kind of makes sense to us that you're not baptized until you yourself make the decision to follow Jesus. So maybe you, I get that question. I got it after first service this morning. Hey, I was baptized as an infant. Should I get baptized again? And I said, well, I would. You're making, a, you're making a statement and you're making the decision for yourself, not your parents, not your grandparents or godparents, but you are making that decision. And so I would be baptized again. We dedicate children to the Lord. We don't baptize them. Again, I don't think it's evil. I just think it sends maybe particularly the wrong message in that that baptism saves that baby. doesn't. Just like it doesn't save you or me. Our belief in who Jesus is and what he did on the cross and through his resurrection is what saves us. And so if you've never been baptized as an adult, as a committed follower of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to go with our big idea for the day. And that is this, follow the example of Jesus the instruct, and the instruction of Jesus to be baptized. Next week, first weekend of the month, we baptize across all our campuses. Now, Prosper Campus, because we don't have a building yet, we baptize tomorrow night. So Prosper Campus, tomorrow night, find out more information about that, and we're going to baptize tomorrow night for Prosper. But all the other campuses, 
here at Frisco East on Saturday and then all campuses on Sunday morning, both services. I'd love to baptize hundreds of people. So maybe you've never taken that step. And I just want to encourage you to, to the reasons are, are pretty obvious. The implications are powerful. And, and, and the, the message that you're sending to your family, to your friends, to your children, or to your grandchildren is a great message of, hey, explain to them. Explain to your friends, hey, what's going on here is I've accepted what Jesus has done. He's reconciled me to the Father, forgiven me of my sins because of Jesus. So that when he sees me, listen, when, Jesus, when God sees me, he doesn't see my sin that sin is buried with Jesus. He sees Jesus. My, my mistakes, my sins, past, present, and future, all he does is see Jesus. That is the good news of the gospel. And I'm being baptized because I'm putting my faith in what Jesus did, and I'm identifying with him and the body of Christ. And I'd love to invite you. I'm getting baptized next week. Tell your children. Maybe you've got some teenagers from elementary kids that are ready to be baptized. Next week, man, sign them up. Here's, here's what you, all you got to do. Go to hopefellowship.net slash baptism, and all the information is there. We'll tell you what you need to bring, what you need to do, what service do you want. Simple. So if you've never been baptized, maybe you were baptized as a kid, but it really was kind of one of those things where you love to get in the water. But it wasn't like I'm deciding to follow Jesus. Many of that, many of that happens. Like, oh, yeah, I want to get, I want to get a baptizing. <laughs> Somebody said that to me in the lobby first service. They said, Yeah, I'm going to be baptized. It's like maybe they're not ready. <laughs> maybe that was you growing up, and and now you are adult and you're committed to the Lord, and and but yet you never follow. I, listen, baptism doesn't save you. You don't have to do it, but it is an instruction of Jesus. And I would just ask you the question, why not? Why wouldn't you? The thief on the cross didn't have a chance to be baptized, but Jesus says, you're going to be with me in paradise. So don't get hung up on the modes and don't get hung up on um, traditions that are not biblical. Just understand what baptism is and why we do it, and then we celebrate with you and with others that you're coming into the family and you're sending that message to your friends and to your coworkers and to your kids, to your friends at school. Maybe you're a teenager in the room and you've, you're ready. You're ready to make that decision. I want to encourage you. And sign up and come and be baptized. And we'll celebrate you. Now, before we close, maybe you're watching online and, and you're in your bedroom or you're in a hotel room or wherever you are and you've never accepted the invitation of Jesus to follow him, to turn from your sin, to repent of your sin, your way of doing things, and turn to him. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Put your faith in what he did on the cross and his resurrection and say, I believe, and I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus. That's the first step. Before you're baptized, that's the first step. And maybe you're watching from Prosper Campus or McKinney or Frisco West or online or here at Frisco East, and maybe you've never taken that step. Man, I want to encourage you. It is, a, it is an awesome event, and, it, and it's a powerful message that you send to your friends and to your family.
But before you do that, maybe you're here today and you've never crossed that line of faith. You've never accepted Jesus' invitation. You've never accepted what he did for us on the cross and through his resurrection. Today's your day. Maybe you're a teenager in the room and you've kind of been on the fence. You've got imperfect parents who go to church, but you say, well, I don't know how they, I see what they do at home. I see what they, listen, this is your, you're, you're old enough to make your own decisions. And maybe you're here today and you're ready to get off the fence and follow Jesus. I want to encourage you across all of our campuses to make that decision. Don't waste your high school years or your college years wandering like the prodigal son, doing all sorts of stuff that gets you in trouble in life when you could live on purpose with him. Abundant life here and eternal life in heaven. Whoever you are, maybe you're an adult and you've never crossed that line of faith. You've been on the fence yourself. I want to invite you today. Today's your day. Now is the, t- now is the time of salvation. Today is the day. So as I'm praying here at the end across all of our campuses online as well, as I'm praying, I want you to just pray under your breath, just, Jesus, I believe. I believe. And I accept your invitation of forgiveness and purpose. And I turn from my way and I start following you. That's all you got to say. Something like that. Forgive me of my sins and I'm coming to you. Some of you need to recommit your life to the Lord. Some of you adults, some of you are teenagers, some of you are kids, and you've been wandering, you've not been following Jesus, you need to commit your life to him again, fresh and anew. And some of you, some of us have never been baptized. I want to encourage you, next weekend, be one of those that gets baptized. Whoever you are, whatever decision you need to make, I encourage you, I encourage you to accept what Jesus has done, recommit your life to him, Sign up to be baptized next weekend. Let's pray. God, so grateful, so grateful for your invitation. And whoever we are in this room or online or at campus, we, we say yes to you. It's not a have to, it's a get to. And for those of us that need to recommit our lives to you because we have been living in compromise and living in sin and living in all kinds of things and we just need to recommit our lives and stay, stay right in the center of your will for our lives. We come back and we recommit. Some of us need to make decisions to follow you and your instruction for baptism. Whoever we are and whatever's going on, Lord, may your kingdom come and may your will be done in our lives right here, right now, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.